You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Stebbings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 230 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me live here at the Seething Flying Barbecue 2018, it's my co-host Matt Smith. Why do you always insist on all these other people here and you always insist on coming to me first? It's to, it's to mul- make you multitask. Right, yeah, thanks for that. Much appreciated. How are you, mate? Uh, oh, living the dream. Oh, yeah, I, I smell a barbecue currently. I know. It has to you, be said. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> At least not covered in barbecue. No, no, no. I was wearing my... Na- I, although I wasn't wearing the apron you brought. No, the apron no. I brought you was much better. No, but, it, uh, no it wasn't. We'll cover that later. It's not appropriate for family viewing. I know. Yeah. So joining us, uh, as always, he's flown in. He's been uh, flown in by a private jet today to join us uh, along with... With Mrs. Nev, it's uh, Sir Neville Bounds. Yes, here we are, and uh, what a great day it is! Lots of people here at Seething. A little bit windy uh, in more ways than one uh, today. <laughs> that's because we yeah, fed out. That's what. There you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to it today. Excellent. So sitting just to my right, who's joining us on the uh, on the panel on the host panels today? It's uh, he's flown panel. in. He's flown in millions of miles. It's uh, the the king of uh, safety and everything to do with safe flying, it's Pilot Pip. Yay, hi, hi everyone, great to be here. What a nice day you've picked for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's the only Ish. really annoying thing about the UK, isn't it? You plan these things. When we planned this, of course, it was glorious sunshine. It was 34 degrees or something stupid. And we were sort of thinking, oh, what a great idea, let's have a barbecue. No, we? I wasn't being yeah. sarcastic. Oh, well, this really is a nice day. Oh, I was. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sporting my, uh, my new hat here, a nice gift from my wife. My wife, where are you, wife? I'm here he is. Here, darling, I'm here. <laughs> Oh How was it for you? <laughs> Lovely. Uh, it's such a shame that I have to dress you every day, isn't right. it? You mm-hmm. know, but there nope. you are. You're sporting it now. You've got a new sun hat. Can't take have her you anywhere. Have you put your sun cream on, sweetheart? You're listening to Fashion Tips with Captain Al. <laughs> and that voice, as you will all know, he is uh, he's legendary among podcasts. And, uh, infamous is a word. Infamous, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you may have heard his voice on the Plane Safety Podcast. Uh, no plug at all there. It's uh, Captain Al. How are you, uh, Captain Al? Yes, I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, the, the Plane Safety Podcast, available on iTunes and all other good formats for your podcast. And tune in radio, right, Matt? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Thank Ooh. you. Tune in Stitcher and everything. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. It, mean, it means you can ask Alexa now. Yeah. No, don't say that. She'll be going mad at home. <laughs> so we're going to welcome everyone who's joined us in the live YouTube chat room today. Loads of people in there. We've got, uh, just to start off, really, we've got Captain Jeffs in the chat room. Uh, Mike Williams, hello to you, Mike. Uh, Richard Adams is also in the chat room. Liz Piper, hello, Auntie Liz, all the way over there in Canada. Uh, we've got Tony S. Uh, we have got, just scrolling up the list, Neil Lanwarn. Hello, Neil. Uh, we've got Tanya W is also in the chat room. Uh, we have got our main man, Micah, who's joined us in the chat room today. Hello to you, Micah. Uh, we have got uh, Pilot Pip. I don't know why he's in the chat room, but he's there. Uh, and Armando. He's in the chat room as well. Oh, our, camera, our cameraman. Yeah. Our cameraman, yeah. He's, uh, Dr. Steph is also in the chat room. Hello to you, Dr. Steph. So for um, those people who are in the chat room then, I think it's only fair that we have a little sweepstake. So I think that uh, people in the chat room can guess uh, which minute of the show oh, no. is the point where the gazebo takes off that under <laughs> its own power. <laughs> no, no. Well, this, is, this is not what we're, not what we're hoping for. No. Uh, so hello to you all in the chat room. But we also do have with us here at the uh, Flying Barbecue a studio audience. So uh, hello mm. to everyone in the studio audience. 
film. Oh, yeah. They're, really enthusi- they're, they're, they're so really enthusiastic, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. This is not like the 200 at all. Is it? <laughs> no, they're all sporting honestly. their Hello Mum cards, which I think is nice. I Hello. can go and take the microphone over and interfere with the audience. Yeah, I should. Like. Yeah, absolutely. You're good at that, Al. I should. Yeah. <laughs> you got to love the Hello Mum signage. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's 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 cop followed on from the holiday not so long back if you remember. Oh, Owen's just joined us in the chat. Hello, Owen. Hello, Owen. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, sure he is. Yes, and enjoying Paris. Yes, enjoying. Yeah, why not? Let's go with that. Okay. (laughs) So we've got a news-packed show this week. We've also got uh, a very special segment from uh, Nev, a PPE segment, and that's with who's that with Nev? Uh, That's with Glenn Towler. Glenn Towler. Okay. All about his trip to Oshkosh. Oh, very good, very good. And we've also got uh, a little segment as well from Pip. Pip, you actually managed to send a segment <laughs> in. The original PPE. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Personal protective equipment. Right, Anyway, yes. and uh, we've also, at the end of the show, we've got a very special quiz for everyone who's in the studio audience and knows you in the chat. Yeah, and it's, uh, okay. yeah, it's yeah, a they're, they're it's all a really quiz. excited. You can tell, can't you? I know. Yeah, and hopefully, absolutely. Matt will have the relevant pictures ready to uh, to go in the quiz. I love how confident you are. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks for that. <laughs> so we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, I'll say Nev first because Matt's busy. Are you ready, Nev? Of course I am. Yeah. And if you're ready, Pip. Yep. Al. Oh yes, born ready. <laughs> and Matt. Yeah, why not? Let's let, let's let's risk it, shall let's we? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, kicking off this week's first news story, this one's on the airlive.net. Website and uh, this was sent in to us by one of our listeners actually via email. I think it was Richard, wasn't it? Who sent this uh, in? No, Tony. Or was it Tony? Tony yeah. sent this in. He's not even. Re- he's not reading his own show. I know. Notes, I know. It's because I've got the news story in front of me, Matt. Honestly. <laughs> oh, anyway, you're worse than my wife. Anyway, <gasps> al- the headline is. Gemma, I feel sorry for. I know. The uh, headline is alert to uh, United planes. Uh, two United Airlines planes damaged after wings clipped at Chicago O'Hare Airport. So the Federal Aviation Administration said that two United Air, uh, United Airlines aircraft were damaged when one plane clipped the wing of another plane on the tarmac at O'Hare International Airport on Wednesday afternoon. Flight 645 was pushing back from Gate C30 when it clipped the wing of United Airlines Flight 2746, which was parked at Gate uh, C28. And both aircraft sustained wing damage. I don't know if Matt can put that on the screen there for those of you watching what? Uh, on YouTube. Probably not. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the United Airlines releases statement saying that prior to its departure from Portland, Oregon, United Flight 645's wingtip came into contact with the wingtip of another aircraft parked at a nearby gate. There were no customers on board the air parked aircraft at the time of the incident, but uh, no reported injuries on other aircraft and were assisting our customers to expect operating the flight to Portland with a different aircraft shortly. My word, that's a mouthful. Uh, so the picture on the sh- uh, screen there, Matt, might put it up. There's a little little bit of a ding there on the uh, on the scimitar winglets on there. I'm guessing that's probably one of the finer aircraft, the Boeing uh, aircraft of uh, the series of aircraft there. But uh, it's getting a bit popular now, guys. Uh, wing clips and and dings at aircraft at airports and stuff now. I'm guessing that's not a problem you have, Pip, with the uh, massive aircraft that you fly, the Phantom 300. Well, I could ding the wing as well as anyone else can, I suppose. <laughs> as you do. Mm. <laughs> Al, you, Al, obviously you fly something uh, slightly larger than the Phantom 300. Is that, uh, you obviously don't have this issue at any of the airports you fly in and out of? 
Um, no, we do have some tight squeezes from time to time because some of the airports that I operate to are a bit of a sort of a tight affair. But um, no, I mean, I think one of the problems that some guys have, we don't have it on our aircraft, I'm not quite sure about you, Pip, is that some aircraft you can't see the wingtips from the cockpit. So that gives you an additional challenge. Um, but no, we can see the wingtips on the 320 and the 321. And um, I can safely say that I've uh, not clipped a wing yet. Do you think reversing cameras would be a good feature for aircraft, Al? <laughs> reversing cameras? Yeah. Like a little wing mirror or something <laughs> like that. Um, well, some of the larger aircraft do have taxi cameras um, so that you can see the wingtips and you can see where the, the wheels are. So, because you have to oversteer large aircraft, so it's handy to see where the centre bogey is and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some aircraft have cameras, but it depends all about size, really, doesn't it? Can always go around. <laughs> <laughs> and the chat room goes wild. <laughs> so moving on to next story. And uh, Matt, if you're ready for the next story, on uh, this one's on Airlive. No, hold on, this one's on uh, uh, BBC. BBC. Yeah, absolutely. It's on BBC News. This is Ryanair Tinkerbell thrown off flight at Stansted. So a disruptive ferry, apparently. Is there any reason this was given to me? Uh, disruptive ferry forced uh, delays on the Ryanair flight after armed police were called to remove him, him from the plane. Tinkerbell and another passenger had caused trouble on the flight due to takeoff earlier from London Stansted Airport for Krakow. Is it Krakow in Poland? Krakow. Krakow, sorry. It depends where you're from. Krakow or Krakow, both work. Excellent. I like that. Uh, the man, dressed as the Peter Pan character and his fellow passenger, were given words of advice by Essex Police and booked on a later flight. Ryanair said that it would not tolerate unruly or disruptive behaviour. One passenger on the aeroplane tweeted to say that his flight had not yet taken off because of a man dressed as Tinkerbell. Always nice. Uh, Bob the Builder, it says in the headline, he later said armed police had turned up and one officer had has adjusted the man's wings. Uh, meanwhile, the man dressed as Bob the Builder uh, has been exceptionally well behaved, he added. A Ryanair spokesman confirmed police removed and detained two passengers ahead of it, this flight from London Stansted to Krakow, who were believed to be disruptive. So, Carlos, you asked me if I've ever clipped wings, so have you, you ever dressed as Tinkerbell? No, I haven't, I have to say. That's not, not something I do only Or Bob the Builder? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Favourite hobby. Probably Bob the Builder would be a five, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah something like that. Yeah. Oh, dear. What about you, Matt? Have you ever dressed as Tinkerbell before? I've dressed as many a pantomime dame. I, I was going to say, yeah. actually, yeah, a pantomime dame. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Nev, something you've... Uh... Yeah, I've, as Mrs. Nev's here, I'm not prepared to comment. Of course. I'm, I'm fully understandable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And Pip, you just dress as... I'm well. dressed as Tinkerbell right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's something wrong with the uh, cameras, clearly. Uh, OK, good. <laughs> Lovely. Someone, someone move on quick. So moving on to the next reverse, story. Reverse me out of this comedy cold a second. And the next story, as always, <laughs> is uh, a BA story for uh, Nev. Yeah, it's on the businesstraveller.com website and once again highlights fantastic media inaccuracy. <laughs> oh, no. Logan Air is to operate flights between London City Airport and the Isle of Man on behalf of British Airways from next month. The wet lease agreement will take effect from September the 1st when BA's current contract with Eastern Airways ends. The route will be served by a 50-seater Saab 200 aircraft rather than the 2000, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, d d that must be the, the predecessor model. to the 340 that went <laughs> very quiet some years yes. ago. <laughs> The, um, uh, Do you know that would be a whole lot funnier if I knew what on earth you were all on about? <laughs> it's all about size, Matt. All about size. Oh, it always is. Moving on. 
commenting on the news, Luke Hayho, he's obviously, you know, <laughs> a bit indifferent about the whole thing. Uh, BA's general manager, uh, commercial and customer, said, we're delighted to enter into a partnership with Logan Air. The two companies have had a business relationship for over a quarter of a century. So the did new... Hayho give Easton the heave-ho? Oh, I see what we did oh. there. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> this stuff's just not thrown together, you know. <laughs> well, in fact, it is. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, Logan Air's managing director uh, said, we're very much looking forward to expanding our partnership with British Airways through this new arrangement to operate the Isle of Man's flagship service to London City. I'm also pleased that Logan Air will continue to support important jobs in the community through the local employment of pilots and cabin crew in the Isle of Man to fly the route. How nice. <laughs> so we're all we're great fans on the show, as everyone knows about uh, the accuracy of um, stories. So this is another one for your vault, Nev. Yes, I'm uh, actually. Um, I've, I've used up all the um, all my my E240 VHS cassette with all the all the material <laughs> I've got for it. Um, so uh, yeah. So we, we definitely should do a show dedicated to um, uh, news faux pas. Media with, fails. With yeah, maybe, fails, maybe a yeah. Christmas special, perhaps. Yeah, yeah that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to the next story, and Pitt, this one's a bit of a. Um, Oh, I like what you did there. Very good. Leave it running. Pilot wanted for secretive Janet Airlines to fly to Area 51. Right. Oh, good. That's nice. It faded out right <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Almost <laughs> professional. <laughs> what Almost. Right. If yeah. you've got loads of experience in top secret missions and an affinity for UFOs, then a job opportunity has arrived that may be impossible to pass up. Janet Airlines, yes, you heard that right, Janet Airlines, has uh, the unofficial name for the classified fleet of US Air Force, is looking for a pilot to join their secretive ranks at McCarran International Airport in Las Vegas. The planes, which don't carry any company logos and are painted white with a horizontal red band along the side, transport military and contract employees to restricted sites including the infamous Area 51 and the Tonopah test range in Nevada. They're referred to as Janet because that's the call sign they use while flying over civilian airspace. Uh, Al's trying to interfere with me here. <laughs> Just for a change. Yeah. Uh, I've lost my place. They refer to it as Janet because that's the call sign they use while they're flying over civilian airspace. It's believed to stand for just another non-existent terminal. Hmm. Oh. Uh, a job opening has been posted on the website for the private defence contractor AECOM for a first officer based in Las Vegas. Although it doesn't go into specifics about where they will be flying, the demands for those applying are high. The posting calls for the applicants to have a minimum of 3,000 fixed uh, wing flying hours in the seat with 300 in-seat hours within the last five years. The job also says applicants must qualify for and maintain a TS, Government Security Clearance and Associated Work Location Access. I don't know what that means, TS, Government Security Clearance. Top secret. Top secret. <laughs> That's probably it, Al. Yeah. Guys, get it. You've got to go on the course to know it's these acronyms. Yes. Ah, <laughs> so you know. Mm. In January, AECOM also posted a job opportunity for flight attendants. Founded in 1972, the Janet Fleet, as of 2015, consisted of six uh, Boeing 737-600s, as well as five smaller executive turboprops. 
The CIA only acknowledged the existence of Area 51 back in 2013 thanks to declassified documents. George Washington University's National Security Archive obtained a CIA history, CIA history of the U-2 spy plane program through a public records request and released it five years ago. So there we go, that sounds like a, a rather groovy job. So do you fit the bill in, Pip? Uh, apart from wise? the top secret uh, clearance. Yeah, which now that I've told you about, I've got to kill you. Yeah, unfortunate. But I wouldn't mind being based in Las Vegas for a, a little while. Yeah. I could hack that. What's going on? Hey, you. Al. Where's Al? There we go. No. Al. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> obviously, you're, you're, uh, no, I've I'm not half moved. asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I was yeah. expecting you to be that side. <laughs> you've, you've obviously got millions of hours under your, uh, under your belt. Do you yeah, fancy but I'm flying in Boeing, so I'm not interested. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you might say that. Mind you, it is an old 600 series one, to be fair, so not many people would want to. You're a bit quiet down there, Matt. You're all right. Uh, busy. Okay. I, think I prefer to work <laughs> in a fish and chip shop than fly a Boeing, to be honest. Oh, God, here we go. Okay, so moving on uh, to the next uh, head or the next story. This is on the Moody AV Report.com, blah, blah, blah. It's a rather interesting website. Who finds these stories? I don't know. You. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so the UK Civil Aviation Authority calls for crackdown on drunken airline passengers. So the UK Civil Aviation Authority has called for more criminal charges to be brought against disruptive passengers who've been drinking alcohol. The move comes as the authority revealed new figures this week showing it received more than 200 incident reports about disruptive passengers from UK airlines in 2018, from January uh, to July the 16th. Uh, so the 2018 figures are in line with recent years which have seen over 400 incidents reported since 2016. A sharp increase on the earlier years. Uh, the figures have been released amid a debate about the best way to curb drunken behaviour in airports or on aircraft between representative bodies for the duty-free and travel retail industry and non-governmental groups active in reducing alcohol-related incidents across uh, Europe. A key point is whether or not to extend existing UK licence legislation on their side which would affect all F&B outlets serving alcohol and possibly also impact on duty-free stores. As reported, the ETRC and UKTRF, which are critical of a report this week from the Institute of Alcohol Studies about disruptive air passengers and air travel associations, rejected the study as sensationalised and inaccurate. The CAA's position is that airlines and enforcement agencies should make better use of laws already in place to bring more prosecutions against disruptive passengers. Now, Pip, I'm guessing this isn't an issue you have with uh, your clientele. as uh, Drunk passengers, not so much. Um, they're allowed to get drunk if they like. Doesn't happen so often. It's more drunk pilots I uh, worry about. True, true. <laughs> we, we do have a problem with that. Al, obviously you fly many, many passengers around Europe and stuff. I, I take it you've never had this issue? Drunken, disorderly pi um, uh, um, passengers? I've had it over the sort of last ten or so years, very, very occasionally. Um, what I tend to find is that those people who turn up at the gate roaringly drunk uh, don't get on the aeroplane, so they're not of any consequence. And to that's me. your call. Uh, well, generally, it's the it's the the gate staff who will decide. Well, you know, you can't stand up, so that you, you're not passing this point. You don't get two hundred pounds, etc. You go straight to jail. Um, so it's the ones who get on board that um, then the cabin crew will come to me and they go, "I think this guy's going to be happy drunk. He's just going to go to sleep." or we're not happy to have them on board and then we just have them removed and I've not had to deal with anything for several years to be honest but 
within the industry is becoming a, a bigger problem. Um, I think one of the factors is that more and more airports now see what uh, they can get out of passengers before they get to the gate as part of their income stream to, to support the airport. So you'll find that there are 24-hour bars in, in airports and the airports are very keen to get you airside so that you're there for two or three hours with not a lot to do other than to eat and drink and shop. So we do have um, people occasionally turning up at the gate drunk um, but I think there are certain flights and certain airlines that have had more experience of drunk passengers the classic one being the night Ibiza flights that from the UK and Germany <laughs> um, Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's, it's the same sort of problems that certain pubs in towns have yeah. if, you, if you have a uh, say for example a late license as a publican you're going to get that yep. sort of crowd of people who are going to come to you rather than the more sort of you know bistro type pub mm. um, where people are generally going there for a pint and the food so yeah you do tend to get um, a lot more disruptive passengers on the Ibiza flights and in very simple terms if you're going to sell someone a 20 pound ticket to go to Ibiza on a Friday night um, then you're not exactly screening people on the on the basis <laughs> of of you know upbringing and behaviour yeah. um, in exactly the same way as the pubs who do you know six pints of beer for two quid you know suffer those sort of problems so it's just a social problem really um, and you know airports and airlines are, are no different to any other em environment where the public hang out what the airports could do is they could be a lot more proactive in how they manage the sale of alcohol and certainly stop telling passengers that they can buy alcohol in the duty-free and open it up on board, mm. um, which has been quite a regular problem at some airports around the world. Our main man, Mike, is in the chat room. He's just said about having a, that these um, should be a list uh, formed up with names and incidents, and obviously these people would not be allowed on board aircraft. And he said the same list should be uh, put to those as well who evacuate in an emergency whilst carrying their hand luggage. Well, that's a, an interesting one. Well, the difficulty with all of these lists is the wholesale management them. Um, you know, we in, in Europe are a, uh, an area that's made up of many, many different countries, governments with policies and so forth. So managing a central list is very difficult. Uh, and it's often the case, you change your passport. Um, every 10 years, your passport number changes. It's very difficult to fall through the gaps and people have changed names to avoid being on lists so it's very difficult to manage it sounds great um, but the reality is that it's it's a difficult thing to to keep track of mm. I mean we have a hard enough job in keeping track of people who commit serious crime let alone um, instances of turning up drunk on aeroplanes mm -hmm. So Matt, the next story. Sorry, is, I've been remarkably uh, serious there. Yeah, I, I know. It's just <laughs> shocking. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. brought the tone of the show down, Al. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll just <laughs> fart. Just stand in the corner. Yeah, I'll just yeah. go fart or something. Oh, no, 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 no. You carry on. You are more than welcome. Yes, no, the uh, next story. Uh, apologies, guys. We're having a little bit of a problem getting news stories. So if you want to put your phone on hotspot, Carlos, that might be a good idea. Right, yeah. Uh, and anyway, next so story. Express is the uh, newspaper, the Daily Express. And the headline is, EasyJet passenger removed by armed police after leg room seat argument, which is 
always nice. So an EasyJet passenger was taken off a plane by armed police officers uh, when they when flying back to London over a disagreement regarding a book seat with extra legroom. So EasyJet passenger Sam Ramsey, uh, Sam Ramsey Smith, 72, don't know why that's relevant, uh, was removed from a flight by armed police officers. He travelled to Amsterdam from London Gatwick to seek treatment for a medical condition that made it difficult for him to walk easily. Last year he contracted multiple sclerosis like um, uh, I, I, uh, ek, ek, somebody with a medical background help. <laughs> uh, anyway uh, a, a multiple sclerosis like uh, illness essentially and was abroad in an attempt to investigate said rare illness. When returning to, from Amsterdam Dr Smith had paid £27 for a seat with extra leg room due to his injury. When boarding he discovered his seat had been taken which was uh, when the disagreement took place. After complaining his front row seat 1E was occupied he told the son the captain said I don't like your attitude you have to get off the plane. Uh, police armed with the machine guns then boarded the plane Dr Smith told the newspaper one said to me are you going to resist I replied do I look as though I'm capable of resisting uh, it was then he was then taken off the airplane by police and forced to take a flight to London the next day however the airline has refuted his claims and said that Dr Smith had become abusive during the altercation um, uh, where are we? So a spokesman said that uh, to the Sun, after changing uh, Dr. Ramsey Smith's flight at his request, we were unable to assign him the same seat he had selected for his original flight. During boarding, he was verbally abusive to the crew over being unable to sit in his seat. The captain tried to resolve the issue by offering two other alternative seats, which he rejected. At this point, he physically assaulted the captain. The cabin manager and police were called to escort him off the aircraft. Uh, the safety of our passengers and crew is always EasyJet's highest priority and we cannot tolerate abusive or threatening behaviour towards our crew. Dr Smith said that he pushed the flight attendant uh, when she stood on my foot as I was in agony. I won't read any more of the story because you get the gist here. I do... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a small element of sympathy for him because he paid for a seat that essentially he didn't get. Mm, so, true. But there doesn't seem to be any mention as to why, whether that person, whether they'd sort of sold the seat twice or something. Well, it seems quite what, unusual. Yeah, well, I think what happened is that he made his booking and he chose an extra legroom seat at the time. Mm. Then from what I understand, uh, and I don't have the story exactly in no. front of me, he then changed his flight booking. Right. So okay. if he changed onto a flight where there were no extra legroom seats, yeah. um, then He's he may luck, well have thought that he still had that seat. I mean, I'm not being uh, rude to the gentleman, but he is in his 70s, and yeah. you know, as we get older, we get a little bit more confused. Um, and we've, you know, well, certainly even at my age, I get confused. So, um, so what you've had, I think, here is one of those sets of circumstances where he's changed his flight, he's lost his extra legroom seat, he still thought he had it, he pitched up. The wind's went. getting up, everyone. Brace yep. yourselves. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that was the bargee. Right. <laughs> and um, so Tone, he's pitched up for his, his, his rearranged flight, and um, yeah, he's not got the extra legroom seat that he thought he had. Uh, someone sat in it. Okay, fair enough. And I think what has happened there is that he's got a bit agitated, been a bit stroppy. They've tried to calm him down. He's not had any of it, and he's crossed over the line. And let's be honest, um, it is much more difficult as the captain of the aeroplane to have someone removed from the aeroplane than it is to just get someone to sort of pipe yeah. down. It causes a lot more hassle to have people removed. Um, so from the EasyJet perspective, I'm sure that they did what they could to, um, to alleviate the situation. Um, but if he, if he 
behaved a little bit stroppily, then they're obviously going to form the opinion that, you know, he's uh, representing a risk to the flight and then we'll yeah. have him removed. The fact yeah. that the police turned up with machine guns, while to some... That's standard, though. That is standard <laughs> in the yeah, airport. Yeah. Um, most of uh, the large airports in the UK have armed police. Mm. Um, you know, they, they don't you know, carry around pea shooters, no. you know, they are <laughs> equipped to do a job if necessary, and it happens to be machine guns, yeah. that's just their normal kit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that might be slightly perturbing to some people, but that is the standard makeup of the airport police. Well, one um, could argue it's a good way of ensuring people comply, though. I mean, I, d I don't know many people who would uh, argue with a man wielding a machine gun. Well, I have case. seen it, right. it was quite entertaining, and um, <laughs> When they finished tasering him, he right. was quite apologetic. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's lucky he wasn't shot at. I think. Um, well, I think that the, the police use the machine guns as a last resort. Really, I mean, there's a, a bit of a risk of collateral damage, whereas the the yeah. taser's a bit more selective. True. But yes. Um, when all, all when all said and done, if you're going to have an argument with someone, the police very rarely come out singularly. No. Um, <laughs> they, they they tend to be. Um, uh, rather athletic because they're carrying a lot of kits these days with the body armour and so forth and um, yeah I, I wouldn't argue with someone with no. a taser and a machine gun no, even no. if I thought I was right no, indeed yeah you just think alright sir we'll discuss this in the terminal yeah. shall we yeah. because in the eyes of most people when the police turn up it's there's only going to be one outcome uh, and you're going to comply yes yeah absolutely yeah. Tony uh, in the chat room says, can someone please give Al a beer? He's talking far too much sense. <laughs> yeah, quick panic. That'll be later on. Yeah, indeed. So yeah. the next story moving on, uh, Nev. This one is, I, I love this story, because this has got so much info that you didn't want to know, but really do want to know. Yeah, so, so this is on the irishexaminer.com. I'm always surprised about BA's uh, PR department. They must be a bit bored with nothing to do because uh, they have told us or asked us, have you ever imagined how many toilet rolls a Boeing 747 takes into the sky? I've often wondered that, Nev. I've barely slept thinking about it. <laughs> Please do tell us. We'll find out as the story goes. And it says quite often, even getting yourself to the airport can be a challenge. Don't we know it? <laughs> Don't we know it today? Traffic jams, delayed trains, and okay, a little bit of personal disorganisation could leave your journey hanging in the balance. But planes carry more than just people. So imagine the stress facing airline staff tasked with loading hundreds of bottles, napkins and pretzels onto the aircraft. To give you some idea, British Airways has compiled a list of the 7,000 items which have to be loaded onto flights such as their Boeing 747 flight from Heathrow to, Heathrow to New York, JFK. You'll forgive airlines for imposing luggage weight restrictions when you toss up this, this lot. Are you ready for this? This, oh, is, yes. this is the list of all okay. the things they Ooh, got. Is it a top ten? Yeah. Uh, not <laughs> quite, <laughs> no. but um, just think how big a 747 is and this is what it carries. Five first aid kits. Five? Yes. That seems an odd choice. It is. Yeah. 70, 78 toilet rolls. Only 78? Yes, I don't think it's enough. Um, 293 headrest covers, which in emergencies could also be used as a toilet roll, I would imagine. 101... Little abrasive. Certainly. Certainly on the Velcro side. That's right. <laughs> Ooh. 101 full bottles and 388 quarter bottles of wine. 350 bags of pretzels. 800 items of bedding, including 
fancy white company sheets in Club World. And that's only with the uh, cabin luggage. Down below in the hold, a whole array of items are jiggling around with your suitcases. That would explain a lot, actually. 26% of cargo is made up of priority goods such as fashion products, smartphones or tablets. 5% is specialist cargo, such as live animals or high-value artwork. 4% is perishable produce, such as raspberries from Kenya or lettuces from the US. 3% is temperature-controlled pharmaceuticals and life-saving vaccines. Some of the weirder items carried by BA aircraft this year include cognac from Bordeaux to Kuala Ooh, Lumpur. love a cognac. Emergency lettuce from Los Angeles in response to the UK's heatwave vegetable shortage. Emergency <laughs> lettuce. <laughs> wow. And Nina, Nina, Nina. <laughs> Hello, I'm a lettuce. Yeah. I can't imagine somebody being so desperate for, for lettuce that it has to be... Uh, never mind. Anyway, and you, you can buy a lettuce for £7.50 flown wow, in from really Los Angeles. Yeah. I've always wanted one. Yes. And Royal Wedding <laughs> special magazines from the UK <laughs> to the US. And Al knows a lot about special special magazines. magazines yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> niche, niche magazines. So yeah. there we are. That was, that was a, what a fantastic item that was, mm. Carlos. Thank you for. I, I must I must that. admit, Neil Lamwon in the chat room here has said um, that uh, he's rather rather intrigued to know how you decide on one hundred and one bottles. Good point. Uh, <laughs> well, it's in case one there. breaks. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Never mind the other one hundred, of course. But no, indeed not. <laughs> I'm quite happy with those 350 bags of pretzels because I am a, quite a big lover right. of the uh, Oh, the you're the one who eats yeah. them, are you? Oh, I love them. Oh. So nice. So moving on to the next story then. And, uh, well, this one is on the Breaking Travel News site. And it's supposed to be read not by... Not the Breaking Wind News Not site. the Breaking Wind. It's, it's, it's a Pip story, but Pip's actually not here. He's busy feeding his feeding himself. Sorry. Just I'm sorry. Oh, he's I'm feeding opening, us. I'm opening the snacks. Sorry, hang on. The snack opening going on here. Talk about noises off. What's that? I don't know. What with aeroplanes and squeak, squeaky something. Around. Oh, never mind. Shut up, Smith. <laughs> Are you right there, Pip? Do, do you want to do this next story, Al? Al can do it. Go yeah, yeah, Al can do it. There we go, Whoa. Al. So, there we go, Al. The next story. Okay. The wind is back. It is. Yeah, sorry about that. I did have curry last night. Okay, so this, uh, this comes from the Breaking Wind website. Uh, and... Uh, Carlos has very kindly put it into an appropriate colour of red to make it even harder to read. Uh, Virgin Atlantic calls for improvement at Heathrow border. I've just come over to see my maths. PTUK maths. Spread and broken. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, Each. Only at a PTUK show. These are a gift from Barbara. I'm not quite sure there are. Thank you. Poppadoms. You like? I like, yeah. Hey, so what are you saying about Heathrow and... Uh, uh, the Virgin Atlantic called on Wilfos to set a as a number of international visitors to the UK waiting more than two hours to clear immigration continues to increase. Is there. Right. Does anyone need a recap? So they're on about queues at Heathrow Airport now. Or if you're American, lines. Lines, yeah. Yeah. Um, something not to be confused with the Dutch line, which is something completely different. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> New <laughs> figures reveal the force <laughs> missed its target of a 45-minute wait or less for 95% of visitors from outside the European economic area on 30 out of 31 days last month. 
So, in fact, that's a pretty pee-poor performance, isn't it? <laughs> in response, Virgin is calling for urgent action to reduce the waiting times and extend the welcome visitors deserve. Recent high-profile events such as the Royal Wedding, when was that then? And the favourable exchange rate have contributed to an increase in international visits in 2018. And coupled with an under-resourced border force has led to excessively long queue times at immigration, the airline argues. How does his pad work? <laughs> Actually, while you're... Uh, Neil Amwarn asked, by the way, the real question is how many chicken nuggets can you fit into a purple A321? Right. <laughs> Ooh, probably about a million, I would have thought. A million? Wow. I would have thought so. I mean, Only a million. Yeah, I mean, I, we could probably get some guru in the chat room right, to work to out work how many out. Yeah, cubic metres of yeah. space there Somebody is. Somebody go and buy a box of chicken McNuggets, measure them, uh, <laughs> and then you can compare that with it. No, shut up. Anyway, moving back yeah. right, to the <laughs> so, so back to the story then. Um, so the longest queue time occurred on July 6th. Now, can anyone speculate as to what the queue time was at immigration in the UK on July 6th? Bear in mind that the target is 45 minutes. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Those of you who've not read the story, any other guesses? <laughs> <laughs> That's so the longest queue time occurred on July 6th when non-EEA visitors spent up to two hours and 36 minutes waiting in immigration queues. Wow. Craig Krieger, chief executive of Virgin Atlantic, said... This summer, significant queues at border control mean that thousands of visitors have faced two-hour queues to get their passports checked, leaving them frustrated before they've even started their trip. He added, We all agree that security and safety at our airports is vital and remains our top priority, but other countries are managing their borders more effectively. At a time when the UK needs to show the world it's open for business, the government and border force need to provide a great first impression for every visitor every time. British Airways chief executive Alex Cruz, famous for his high-vis jackets, <laughs> made a similar call last week. The government said it's deploying 200 extra staff to Heathrow this summer to combat the queues. Oh, is that it? That's it, oh, I yeah. On. Somebody's no, no. watching on their phone. Yes, yeah, I think it's actually Carlos's laptop. Is for what it? It's worth. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. No, 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 I'm not watching on my phone. I've just in, no, indulged okay. there in uh, what Al was no, saying. Sorry, well, I, can, I can hear it. Yes, I can hear the echo as well. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> definitely a, a device that has the okay. volume turned on, Carlos. Not me. Yeah, it's your laptop. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> terribly professional. That, 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 so that says mute. Yeah, so that, that turns the volume off. Moving yeah, yeah, back yeah. to the story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, delays. Are you familiar with audio? Yeah. <laughs> familiar with delays as well at passport control. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's no normally at uh, Heathrow or Gatwick. Yeah. To be fair. Never had that problem at South End Airport. I will say. And Just on that note. Really? No. Yeah. No queues there at all. Very good. Very are there good. planes there though? There are actually planes yeah. there. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah. yeah. Not enough. Yeah. We need more there. So moving on to the I next... I have to say, has someone let one go here? Because there's a heck of a smell just drifted in. <laughs> it's one of the uh, delights of living here in the countryside, I'm afraid, is that uh, muck spreading is a regular thing. Yeah, and I can see it taking place over there. Yes, there we indeed. go. indeed, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Amano, yeah. we need a wide shot of the muck spreading, OK? Right, it's, it's OK. Part of, are we in Norfolk or Suffolk? Uh, you're in Norfolk here. Yes. Ah, right, OK. Yeah. So that's, that's genuine Norfolk chicken crap there we go. going out yep, of the back of that thing. Spat then, out the back of the machine as we speak, which is always good. Lovely. So, 
Nice on. camera work there, Armando. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Are we actually getting the muck flying out of the back of it? You know, we're getting good imagery of the slurry. We, we might catch it on on the on. We're the not catching path. any of that. I'll tell you that. Now. <laughs> what you do out here is, yes, you know, okay. as a hobby, yes, is yes, entirely up to it's, you. It's but the, it's the weekend. Those anyway. of us who live in civilized parts of the world with electricity and this and coming internet. from a man who lives in Wales. Good. Excellent. I don't. <laughs> it's worth a try. All right. Thirty fifteen. <laughs> New balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, what you do in your own time. Anyway, family show moving on. Someone please help. <laughs> oh, Right, <laughs> moving on to the next story. This one is on the uh, breaking news, or breaking travel news again, this one. Uh, one especially for the Airbus lovers here. In the, hey. Uh, hey. Airbus. Oh, prepare. did you just... Oh, well, well done, no, Carter. No. Airbus prepares first ACJ320neo for takeoff with Acropolis Aviation. So this is a posh Airbus. It oh. is, yeah. Uh, the first A320neo uh, ACJ I know, uh, has been assembled and fitted with CFM can't beat a International gold knob, can you? Leap International. You can polish it every day. One A <laughs> engines and painted in ACJ house colours. Oh, God, someone turn his mic off, honestly. <laughs> After delivery to Acropolis Aviation of the UK, the last quarter of this year, the aircraft will enter Are you outfitting... trying to me? I know. <laughs> outfitting, at, uh, outfitting the interiors at AMAC in Basel, Switzerland, it's, uh, where into chaos, Alberto Pinto design cabins will be installed and painted into the customer's colours, unlike... Uh, the standard A320, this one has got the business um, posh interior and stuff. Uh, this aircraft's all gonna, also going to have, uh, obviously, the new generation engines, the Leap engines, and also the Sharklets, which will save around 15% in fuel and deliver a leap forward in intercontinental range. The uh, resulting ACJ320neo is going to be able to fly 25 passengers, that's it, uh, 11,000 uh, kilometres or a route, flying 13 hours such as London to Beijing or Cape Town and Moscow to Los Angeles while the ACJ319 Neo can fly 8 passengers 12,500 kilometers or 15 hour flights uh, featuring the widest and tallest cabins of any large jet the ACJ320 Neo uh, offers similar operating costs and a better resi a residual value while being about the same size orders for the ACJ320 Neo stand at nine aircraft I'm not surprised because I don't expect they're very cheap uh, comprising of three A319 I know and <laughs> AC A32019 and six A3 uh, ACJ320 Neo aircraft this is a, one of those uh, aircraft I think I could see you uh, trotting around the uh, globe in NEV. Obviously, the executive version of the uh, A320. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. That would, uh, that would suit my style of travelling very nice. I'll say 25 passengers, that, that would be okay. Well, well, that's, that's 23 wow. more than I would want, really. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other one, though, NEV? They are. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, too. the next story on Flight Global. Yeah, this is, is that is that all the time that's Airbus it. gets in, yeah, in this Yeah, that's show. it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you'll like the next story, Al. Trust me, you'll love the next story. Right. Okay. So no injuries. Apparently, this is on the flight global. No injuries during. Uh, is it Zemen? No. Yeah, Yemen. Yemen. Shaman. Yeah. Yemen. Shaman. Shame on you. Shaman. All right. Just go with what Al says. Okay. All right. So no injuries during Shaman. I opened 50p anyway. So 50p, Carl Astor, it's Shaman. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll put it in the Google Translate later. Okay. All right. So no injuries during... No, we need the correct answer. Oh, not just some sort of rubbish <laughs> that... What are you talking about? I don't know what's going really on. Uh, X-I-A-M-E-N. 
Yeah, you would do. Yeah, actually. So, no injury. Anyway, Flight Global is the the website, and the headline is No Injuries During Shaman 737 Runway Excursion, as you do. Uh, No passengers or crew were injured uh, when a Shaman Airlines Boeing 737-800 suffered an apparent runway excursion at Manila on the 16th of... Oh, pardon you... Uh, August, uh, the airline confirms all 157 passengers and eight crew on the aircraft evacuated safely, the carrier says in a social media post. The incident occurred as Flight 8667 from Shaman landed in Manila on the... Uh, hang on, we're going to interrupt this. Hang on, I'm just going to move to a much more interesting uh, image. There we are. Look, oh, that's the little uh, Mustang, Mustang yeah, action. Mustang action. Yeah, absolutely. Have we got so, Mustang Sally ready to play? Uh, no, no, we're not that clever. So it's, it's, it's royalties thing. We're not allowed. Uh, the incident occurred as Flight 8667 from Shaman landed in Manila at 2355 local time. Shaman says pilots of the aircraft uh, registration Bravo 5498 and Mike Sierra November 37574 circled above Manila repeatedly prior to attempting to land according to Flight Global's flight tracking site flightstats.com the 737-800 exited the runway while landing uh, while landing coming to rest on its belly and apparently losing the left side engine in the process according to photographs and reports the crew uh, carried out an emergency evacuation, Shaman says. The 737 was delivered to brand new uh, to them back in 2010, uh, Flight Fleet's analyzer shows. Ooh, we might actually catch it taking off in a minute. Which way did they take off here? They should Too take off yeah, so towards us this to way. Left to right as you look ahead. Yeah, okay, very we cool. This, uh, argument here? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Shaman. There okay. we go, that'll do. Yeah, right. yeah we'll take close. it. Yeah. Shaman it is then. Shaman. There we are. Shaman. Julie noted. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes, yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, one of one of our awesome friends of the show, Alan Bales, with the Mustang, and uh, now heading back home. Where's and, he based? Uh, uh, he is out uh, towards Cranfield. Oh way. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's but, where? Uh, out towards Cranfield way. Oh, that's where I came from. Yeah. He, he's uh, now going to head back home, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming, Alan. It's been good yeah. to see you. It's lovely aircraft. Mm, when you guys agree, yeah, yeah, really fantastic. Bit. So you're saying it's it's not a it's not a P51, is it? There's it's a T. It's like a it's a, it's a Mustang replica. It's a it's a so many scale replica of the Mustang. That's it. Yeah, Armando's got it. Um, so it's it's kind of built to, to look exactly the same, but it's slightly shorter. If you sort right. of put the Mustang, the actual P51 alongside the Mustang, the P51 is slightly longer mm. uh, than that. But it's, it's got uh, a much smaller engine as well. Which I yes, think you, it's not got the same engine time, yeah, yeah, as, uh, as P51, but it's still a stunning aircraft. So. Yeah, but it did come with, uh, fitted with a fit bird in the back. <laughs> he did Trust look the part, didn't he? With his sunglasses oh, right. on Trust and he pulled on calls with an attractive girl in oh. the back. Okay. Alan, if you're listening, we apologise. Yeah. Uh, so the next. Whereas, I mean, I to apologise. That was a compliment. I know. <laughs> Honestly. Well, you turned up with two Fitbirds today, didn't you? Yeah. So. Yeah, but I didn't do it in a P51 Mustang, did I? <laughs> no. I did it in a. Well, that thing yeah. over there. Yeah, that thing over there. Yes. Anyway, the green, green machine. flying machine. Yeah. <laughs> to the next story, and uh, who's this? This is. Uh, this is you. Yeah, isn't it? Another, yeah. another tale of uh, another tale of aircraft damage. Uh, oh dear. Ladies and gentlemen, can you not keep dinging your aircraft on the ground? This this is about <laughs> the third story this week that's been of, of yeah. this sort of behaviour. And uh, this is all about the Cathay Pacific 777-300ER, which was severely damaged in an incident at Rome Fiumicino 
uh, airport on 15th of Shh. August. No one noticed, Carlos. I know. Carry on now. Yeah, hello. Um, Pip's playing with his equipment again. Well, no change there. It's gone a bit droopy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't get Keep it up. working can't at it. Get it up. There we go. There back, we go. Back to the story. Um, data from Flight Radar 24 shows that the aircraft is registered as Bravo Kilo Papa Yankee, uh, MSN 37899, and the carrier tells Flight Global that the aircraft was scheduled to operate the flight CX 293 bound for Hong Kong at 13:05 local time. Images on social media show that the right wing, wing tip of the 777-300ER was lodged into a floodlight pole and clearly damaged. I think he's done quite a neat job for it, actually. Uh, but the incident occurred when the aircraft was being towed by a ground handling agent, agent's truck. Uh, flight Fleet's analyzer shows that Bravo Kilo Papa Yankee is of 2012 vintage. It's owned and managed by Cathay. Absolutely irrelevant to the story, but they had to uh, just <laughs> got to, lob got that, in that in. Yeah. The Who's the official toilet roll supplier for so Good uh, point. Good point. Very important uh, data. Yeah. Yeah. Left it out. Left it yeah. out. Yeah. Indeed. Thought How it was rude. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so uh, m many pilots I speak to, yeah, actually the most dangerous bit is probably taxiing the aircraft around mm. uh, on the apron or um, having uh, someone run into you with a baggage cart or something. That's uh, Right. Uh, as you what, do. what I haven't worked out yet is, did this happen during pushback or was this when they were just towing the aircraft around? The I airport? think they were towing the aircraft around from right. what the story says, Al. Okay. Yeah. It looks a bit, it's quite a nice bit of damage there, though. What's oh, yes. Mm. So yeah. good, good ding, that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, what, what we've, yeah. uh, what we've uh, sort of like, you know, come up to the point of with this show today is that basically airlines need tail cams, winglet cams, Nose cams. Any other cams? Well, what about just something that goes, this aircraft is reversing. This aircraft is reversing. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think that Beep. would work. Yeah, indeed. So the last uh, story in the commercial segment this week, it's uh, it's a top, well, it's a top, what are we on here? Top 30 or is it four? No, top 40. Yeah, I'm just going to ask Nev to bring the fader down a bit so that on, on number, on because uh, obviously, we're, we're, top 40, did you say? 14. Oh, one <laughs> four. <laughs> top 14. Wow. No, we're not doing a UK top 40. This, um, yeah. this, uh, this particular one is on the travelandleisure.com website, and it's the oldest airlines in the world that are still flying today. So not so long after the Wright brothers' first flight on the beaches of Kitty Hawk in 1903, commercial airlines began forming around the world. The very first would be over 100 years old now if they were still around. However, there are still some airlines still flying today that are well into their 90s and still going strong. So by contrast, the airline we know as Delta uh, used to be called Huff Daland Dusters believe it or not <laughs> and uh, they've put together here a list of uh, the 14 oldest airlines still in service uh, in the world so we're going to start if and, it's a, and it's a top 14 is top, that 14. Right, okay. yes, we're doing a top 14 so uh, so here we go then bring bring it right up then no, nope. it's not working. Yeah, we've got no oh no music dear. at all. That's good. That's uh, not a good sign, is it? Do, 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 do. Hang on, hang on. I've worked out what it is. Hang on. Let's. I, I'm going to make it work if it kills me. There we go. Oh, yeah. uh, there That's what I said to the wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll kick off then. Actually, you can go first, Pip. There we go. Ooh, so we're yeah. in at number fourteen. Okay, it's Cubana. Cuba's national carrier began a charter service and flying school, but launched scheduled flights around the island in 1930, although it says 1929 up there. <laughs> and it is number 13. Wow. 
Number 13, it's LATAM, founded in the March the 5th, 1929. It's the airline of Chile. It's number 12. And number 12, it's Hululo Hakaleli. It's Hawaiian oh, Airlines. <laughs> founded in January the 30th, 1929. Thanks, Al. <laughs> it's number 11. And uh, number 11 is uh, Lot Polish Airlines. Founded on January the 1st, 1929 in Poland. Slipping into more familiar territory, it's number 10. Pip. Shall I do that one? Yeah, you do that one. Okay. That's busy. In, <laughs> in a number 10, it's the Spaniards with Iberia Airlines. Started June 28, 1927. It's number 9. Yes, Plane Pippards. It's uh, Air Serbia. Started operations in 1927. And can you guess what? They are the national airline of Serbia. V very good. It's number 8. At number 8, it's Tajik. Air or Tajik, Tajik, <laughs> tragic or tragic air. Tragic. Uh, founded in September third, nineteen twenty-four. Country of base is Tajikistan. Oh, uh, it's at number eight, is it? Number seven. Number seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, I'm so pleased I got this one. It's the airline you love to hate. They're rubbish. They're garbage. They're crap. It's Delta Airlines. Right. Okay. Number six. <laughs> number six. Pot pickers. It's Finnair. The airline from Finland. <laughs> and when were they formed? When were they formed? Look, what year? Well, I've got my he hasn't got his glasses on. Uh, Nineteen twenty-three. Nineteen twenty-three. That's right. From Finland. Thank you. Finnair. <laughs> Very good. And it is uh, number five. Number five. <laughs> it's uh, Czech Airlines. They were formed on October the sixth, nineteen twenty-three. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I, so I do it for a bullseye, and I love it. In four. It's those pesky Russians. March 17th, 1923, and Aeroflot. In three. Oh, <laughs> it's your good friend Skippy down under. It's Qantas, November the 16th, 1920. In two. Number two, it's Avianca. December the 5th, 1919. That's not rhyming slang, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and special prize. Oh, the oldest airline <laughs> ever. Well, and it's very appropriate that Smiler is here because the oldest airline is... KLM formed on October the 7th, oh. 1919 in the Netherlands. And Tyler can tell us what KLM stands for. Which is what oh. she said it and I didn't. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Say what now? That's Dutch for I left my phone in the service station. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great score in Scrabble, but that's about it. <laughs> How would you spell that? I mean, bit, of a, bit of a mouthful there, Myla. <laughs> indeed. Uh, careful, family jokes. That's what she uh, said. Yeah, indeed. Okay, good. Lovely. Anyway, so that uh, brings the commercial news segment to a close. <laughs> so uh, we're going to hand things over to uh, to Nev for this next particular segment of the show. Just then, before we do that, is there yeah. any military? No. No. Okay, well, can I do some military? What? Because... <laughs> Our good friend Jonathan Warner can't be here today. He's had to go to uh, God's country, Wales. Right. And uh, so I just thought we'd do just a little impromptu military story. OK. I saw one earlier. It was grey. Over to Nev. Right. <laughs> right, thank you. Thanks for that. That's why these military stories are short. <laughs> poor, poor Armando. He's so he's yeah, so hurt by this. Right. He's so hurt. Yeah, it's all right. He's so, eating a Mars bar. He's fine. Yeah. So hand, <laughs> handing things over to uh, to the man that is Nev. So what's coming up next? Is the well, uh, there was that Oshkosh show uh, just recently. <laughs> if you can remember that far back. 
And um, oh, no. I think Al had a great time in Oshkosh from, I, I, from what I do. I, I do have some material. Um, I do apologise. Um, it is still sat on an SD card. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I should have a couple of interviews for you in the next couple of years, Ooh, really. Good. So oh, good. Can't wait. Well, we're not in a rush, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to, to be perfectly honest, I've not even listened back to them to see whether they're any good or right. not. Um, <laughs> But I, uh, I did manage to touch base with uh, one of the Lancaster pilots. Oh, wow. Um, uh, the Canadian Lancaster chief pilot who brought the Canadian Lancaster over here recently, uh, I think it was last year, to fly with the BBMF one. Um, and I also caught up with uh, Mikey from the, uh, the Ice Pilot Show. So I had a little chat with him. So did you meet him? I did, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's a fantastic guy. So I've got a little uh, little interview with him, um, and uh, he doesn't know it yet. But Nev's going to uh, edit those interviews, and uh, <laughs> then they'll be available for the show. Oh, brilliant! Yes, I'm sure that's quite a large task. Well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot anyway, of ice cream vendors. Yes. Uh, yes. So yeah. Oshkosh and our good friend Glenn Towler went there. Took a very long flight from New Zealand, as he's done, I think, for the last six or seven yeah, years. Yeah. Has anyone else apart from me met Glenn? No, no, I think what I would like to say is that he is an absolute fantastic guy. And if there is a party taking place with free alcohol or free pizzas, right? Glenn knows about it and he will get you in. Cool, and uh, he knows everybody at Oshkosh, and everybody seems to know him. Wow. So, uh, How cool if is we do end up going to Oshkosh next yeah. year. He will be our party planner, right? Okay, for sure. <laughs> I like awesome. it. Good Very news. Good. Well, that's yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Anyway, I caught up with him uh, earlier on this week and had a chat with him about his trip to Oshkosh. and welcome to another Nev's Passenger Experience segment. Well, this week I'm speaking with long-time listener of Plane Talking UK, Glenn Towler. Glenn lives in Wellington, New Zealand, and every year since 2012 he's made the massively long trip over to the EAA Air Adventure Show at Oshkosh in Wisconsin. This year was no exception, and I caught up with him after he had returned home. I began by asking Glenn how his trip began. Oh, I left Wellington in about lunchtime, I think it was. Um, yeah, basically, basically what happened, I, I always put my flights well in advance. I booked it in February. And at that time, premium economy and economy were very close in price. I was like, okay, I've never done premium economy. This, why not? Um, and then it turned out it was a, a 787, so which was nice. very nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I do like the big windows on those aircraft. So the first flight was, a, was an A320 from Wellington to Auckland, and I managed to get seat 1A, which was, as you know, you know a very nice seat. It's the place to be, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> Everyone has to sit in 1A at least once. So, yes, they got onto the, to the aircraft. It's always nice to be. There was a bit of a delay. The aircraft delay coming out of Sydney because they're shorter 787s um at the moment so due to the mm. trent engine issue but anyway yeah eventually we took off um certainly do is hand out like hot towels and stuff which is very nice and then um yeah the seats are pretty it's i think it's only what uh free two free in premium economy so two people can i was up in a window seat of course yeah that's been a geek i am mm. so yeah they hand out hot towels just almost straight away and then they give out 
Now, for some reason, I didn't get my bubbles or orange juice. I did on the flight back, but anyway. The food was pretty awesome. Much nicer than, than stuff you down the down the back. I've done the Houston route before, a couple of years ago, and in, a, in economy, in what they call the preferred economy seat, which is good legroom. It's a triple seven two hundred. Yeah, the food was just tremendous. We did get business class food in premium economy, so it was really good. And then I actually um, slept some of the way, which is unusual for me. Normally, I stay awake for the whole flight. But somehow, I guess it was because it was just so nice and and um, pretty quiet too up in the old 787s compared to the 777s. And yeah, the, the thing that strikes you most is, is the, the size of those windows. They are just huge compared to the old 777s. Yeah, I, I certainly so. found when I went on the 787 to Washington uh, last year, it made a huge difference in terms of uh, uh, how you feel, you know, at the end of it. And did you find that the reduced cabin altitude helped you with a little bit of the jet lag later on? I don't really know. No, I don't think it did. I was still um, getting up, waking up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm. So most nights, I think my mind was, I think it's something to do with being on, thinking, oh, I've got so many things I need to do, so many things I need to do, and my mind was never, <laughs> never shutting down and saying, yeah, go to sleep. You know. But I think sleeping on the way over was a bad move, I suppose, but I just couldn't stay awake. Mm, sure. And how long, was the, how long was the flight? The long haul. Um, thirteen hour, thirteen and a half, I think, on the way over. Because we get, we had a tailwind. I think we have a slight tailwind on going over. We were an hour late getting in due to the delays and stuff. But coming over the Gulf of Mexico was interestingly huge clouds. The huge thunderstorms had must have had there. Because being summer, the air, hot air rising, and these huge clouds. It's really quite lovely views out of the window of these uh, great big clouds so yeah. yeah which is always a nice thing to see oh great so we got in about lunchtime i think i think what time we arrived no no it's four o'clock in the afternoon that's right yes yeah, so it's four four in the afternoon yeah, they've certainly done a nice job on that 787, haven't they? It, it's it's a very comfortable machine, and, um, yeah, I, I, it's just such a pity they've got all these uh, engine problems at the moment, but uh, I'm sure they'll get them resolved. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I really mm. rate it. I was very impressed with the uh, general cabin noise. It was a lot quieter uh, than yes. a isn't it? Yes, um, I was quite glad it wasn't down the back, though, because the seats were quite narrow down the back. They weren't um, exactly wide seats, and being a tall guy and quite wide in the shoulders i think i would have needed i needed a wider seat so i'm, I'm really glad i did go for premium economy it really was worth the paying the extra for yeah definitely definitely um and ter in terms of the um uh you know all the connections everything did that all work okay for you so what i did was i did overnight in houston i met up with a friend of mine from twitter who i'd met uh, the previous time i'd been to houston so he's a very nice nice guy and uh, he went out for barbecue, so that was very nice. And we sat and talked about planes, of course, and he gave me a lift to the hotel, and uh, that was all good. And uh, it was a nice hotel near Hobby, uh, the other Houston airport, because I was flying southwest the next morning, which was uh, one of my um, personal favorite American airlines. Yeah, yeah it's popular, is good. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot yes. of people like flying south, southwest, don't they? Yeah, it's good. Good. But they're so honest. Everything yeah. is included in the price. Yeah. Except Wi-Fi, and that's eight dollars. And so, yeah, yeah, That's absolutely fine if you want to use Wi-Fi. If you don't, it's good. Then two check bags, a uh, carry-on bag. You, 
and if you pay sixteen dollars, you're one of the first ones on the plane, so you mm. get to choose a seat. And of course, as I said, before, I got one air again. <laughs> like great, yeah. awesome. yeah, what ton of it? They said seat's empty. Quick, grab it. So right by the window. So mm. yeah, it's not very nice. Now, of course, it itself is near Wisconsin, isn't it? So how did you get it there is. from? So then I went to Atlanta, yeah. flew from Houston to Atlanta, stayed for a few days in Atlanta, met up with um, a guy who, run, who works for uh, Delta Tech Ops. So he did mm -hmm. me a tour of Delta Tech Ops. I also met a good friend of mine called Sylvester Pittman, who does the Airline Guys pod, um, website too. So he's a good friend of mine. We met him. I met him. He came over to Wellington a couple of years ago. Then I came and visited him. And he saw him at the Delta Museum in Atlanta. So he works with Delta as a consultant, but he also works at the Air Museum. So had a very nice dinner with him. So it was every night. It was I pretty much met up with someone every night. I mean, I met up with Dispatcher Mike, of course, at his his mansion. Yeah. So yeah, that was another night. We, so we went to, to after Del, Delta Tech Ops. It was um, Harold, was it Harold Robbins? I think it's called Airbase Air Museum, Aircraft Museum, which is in Atlanta. So Mike said you've got to go in there. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. And it's some turned out to be a very nice museum. So all the aircraft are outside, but also a lot of, quite a few aircraft are inside as well. So mm. SR seventy one, U two, all kinds of good. Good aircraft, KC-97, where no one knows what this is, and a C-123, which is always a interesting looking. One of the first double-deckers. Oh, so yeah, beat, of course, yeah. Yeah, first double-decker aircraft, as far as I can work out. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so it sounds, though, rather than just trying to do it all in one hit, at least you broke up the journey a little bit on, on the way there, which makes it a little bit more manageable, I guess, doesn't it? I always do. I always like to go somewhere else before I go to Oshkosh, because it's, I mean, you could go there, just, just could, I could just go straight into Chicago, go straight to Oshkosh, and then you spend a week, but I'm like, well, take two weeks, do some other things, meet other people, and get to see some things that, cool things. So, so I, I said Atlanta last year as well, so of course, I mm. up with Mike. What about the, the journey back? Was that, uh, that as good as well? Yes, the flight back was, was good. I did basically did in the reverse, so it was midway to Houston and the flight was dead on time which was the first mm. I'd flown a few times and the first time it was actually dead on time which was nice uh, that was a perfectly normal flight going in from Hobby to say to Atlanta sorry sorry Ho Atlanta to Hobby the other way around uh, landed in Hobby about 10 o'clock got an Uber to the hotel it turned out to be a very nice hotel and sort of did you got a good night I've tried to get a good night's sleep but yeah that was um, yeah, to get a pretty good science thing for sure. And then just um, basically hung out at Houston Airport most of the day because the check-in wasn't until 6 o'clock at night and the check-out was 10 o'clock. So I had to spend a lot of time hanging around in Houston, which was not a bad airport to hang out in. Mm, uh, that's right, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, well, brilliant. And uh, how long did it take you to recover by the time you got back home, would you say? Three or four days, I think, before I managed to get over the jet lag. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was... Pretty, I was managing to go to work. I, I get start, I get up at five o'clock to go to work, so I'm getting up pretty early. But say by five o'clock in the afternoon, I just wanted to go to sleep. Mm, I was yeah, I so tired, so I had a <laughs> nap and then, oh, I feel better now and then go to sleep yeah. again. And yeah, yeah, it, 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 it does it too, doesn't it? There, there's no real cure for it. You've just sort of got to go no, through the pain of it uh, all. Uh, but uh, brilliant, excellent. Yeah. 
the thing with the trip back was actually I wasn't actually on premium economy, but I bid. I put a bid in and actually got it. I got the I put the lowest bid I could possibly get and got premium comment on the way back again. So. Oh great, yeah, and that, so that, that makes nice. such a difference, doesn't it? There's no no question yes. about it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this time I was ended up in an aisle seat, and there was no one next to me. So an empty seat right next to me too. So it was oh, good, yeah. and I could just get up and walk around whenever I wanted, which was nice. Yeah, fantastic. Well, tell us about Oshkosh itself. I mean, I've never been. Uh, you're a, a regular visitor. You've been going there for, what, six years now? Something like that? 2012 was the first year I went. Yeah. And I've been every year since. Gosh. Yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, you first year you go, like when you go there just for a few days, you don't know what's there. And then you realise, oh, yes, I need to do the whole week. And every year since I've been doing the whole week and... Yeah, it's just huge. It is by far the biggest air show in the world. Was it this year? It was 600,000 visitors and 10,000 aircraft. The year before, it was 500,000 people, so they've had an extra 100,000 visitors Gosh. this year compared to last. Yeah. So it's just it's just staggering. You, you, you can't really know how big it is until you actually go there and see it all. I'm hoping all you guys come over next year because uh, I know Jeff is trying to get everyone, I mean Al and all of them are saying, look, we've been here now, we, you want you all to come over and everyone should come, all the PTUK, APG people should come over and, and see what it's really like because it really is um, amazing and the number of people I know over there it's, it's just crazy the number you, you just stand there and suddenly you turn around and you know someone you know it's like yeah, it's, it, 600,000 it, it's it crazy it does seem to me from, from what I've heard and read that um, you know it is possible to bump into people that you know or mm. people that you've seen before yeah. even with that number of people there oh yeah quite regular it's happened to be quite often um, yeah, uh, not just because knowing people like Mike and everything, uh, and I did some work for Mike's podcast, so of course that got me a media pass, so it was mm. nice. I did. And if you heard um, Flying in Life podcast, but I did do a first ever interview on the on that one, so there's yeah. I did two interviews, yeah. and I did that's and I did a bit of piece about the the C forty seven ride, which was just mm. oh something that I've always bucket this thing and I was really quite surprised when they turned around and said, yeah, we can get a seat for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the, the, the media <laughs> accreditation and the media pass thing is a, uh, is a, is a massive win, isn't it? Uh, we found that at Farnborough. Yes. Uh, you know, the access yes. it gave us was, uh, was unrivaled and, uh, of course, where you were in Oshkosh, it could have been better, I, I guess. No, no, it's, it's good. I mean, the things you get to hear and see, and, and you can go and t listen to talks on all kinds of subjects in, in the media centre, um, some more interesting than others. I mean, there's this flying car called the Terraflieger. Terraflieger. It's been, apparently, it's been in, in, in development for last uh, 10 years or something, and they're still developing. It's like, ah. Oh. But then they do have one called the Samson Switch blade or something i think it's switchblade yeah and that's apparently coming on but all this flying car business is yeah i don't know it's a fad <laughs> I, I don't know i mean even rolls royce have jumped in and it's like really mm. seriously even a company like rolls royce is that yeah like, i don't know i don't know now this is going to be an impossible question to answer i realize and i've put you on the spot a bit if you had to pick one highlight from oshkosh what what would it have been yeah, I suppose the C-47 ride would have to be right up there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that a lot of people say this, don't they? That what whilst the aircraft thing is is great, and that, that's why people go. It's all about the community, and all about the, the is, people, and really friends, that, friends that you meet. Yeah, yeah, you, you meet some great people. Like I've read that guy um, who does those plain silly. Is it plain silly vid YouTube videos? Brian Turner. I've been friends with him for a while on Facebook and mm. met him. I was like, oh, great. It's so nice to meet someone you see on, on YouTube. And we had a really good talk because he was like surprised how far I come to be there. Because I say, I'll, I always hold the record for the person who travels the furthest. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure like, you do. Some 11,000 miles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, and it sounds as though that the show just gets bigger every year, doesn't it? There seems to be um, uh, yeah. no, no appetite for for capping the numbers of people at all. Well, they ca I mean, they just don't bother to try. Yeah. They just the the the, um, the number of aircraft seems to be getting bigger every year. They may they're expanding the southern end because as um, dispatcher Mike found out, he ended up parking in the next city, on the next town, Fond du Lac, which is a town south <laughs> yeah. of Oshkosh. So he says, I'm not even in Oshkosh, I'm in Fond du Lac, <laughs> which is the town next door to Oshkosh. Yeah. He says, I'm across, the, I'm across the city line. He says, the sign saying, welcome to Fond du Lac. Wow. So that's how big it is. But they can't expand northwards because you've got things like um, the city itself, mm. and there's a road, and then there's the air. Uh, the air terminal, and we also go in called Basel, which is where they do um, C DC free conversions. They turn them in from piston engine to turbine engines, so PG6 engines. So yeah, anyway. Oh, fantastic! Well, it sounds like a superb trip, uh, Glenn, and I'm, I'll bet you're very glad you went again. <laughs> And uh, oh, yes. we'll have to see if we can get some of us out there next year. Um, perhaps we'll have to have a word with Captain Jeff, see if he'd like to uh, sponsor us all to come over, something like that. <laughs> yeah, Raise the coffee fund. That's it. I think we'll have to. We'll probably have to pay a bit more into it before we can uh, before we can raid it. But uh, yeah, so I think we'll just double our. And some people need to just pay some money because I know it's, I say like was it two percent of listeners actually pay into the coffee fund or something? So oh, is that right? Oh, well, it's a double we, it. Yes, he needs, a double to, it to needs to do a bit of a commercial drive on that. I think, doesn't he? So yeah. yes, he does. <laughs> All right, Glenn. Well, as always, brilliant to talk to you. Thanks so much indeed. Thank you. No problem. Good to see you, Nev. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We are live still at uh, the Seething... Well, we're at Seething, sorry, and it is the PTUK 2018 Fly-In Barbecue. Very exciting. Sat next to me is the legend that is Pilot Pip. Now, you've sent us Hello. a segment today, which is very exciting. Uh, do you want to just sort of introduce it, and then we shall play it? Yes, well, as you know, I send you a segment every single week. Without, without fail. fail. Yes, absolutely, of course. The original absolutely. PPE. <laughs> Um, Indeed, what he said. Uh, yeah, so this is one I recorded just the other night uh, while sitting around in a hotel room. It's just a, a few of my thoughts on VFR flight planning for the flight across today. Very cool. Here we go. Play that fun Plane music. safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hi, everyone. So it's the Thursday evening before the big PTUK fly-in and summer barbecue at Seething Airfield in Norfolk. And hopefully, weather permitting, I'm going to be flying in there with my PA-28, as are a number of other people. So I've been thinking about um, planning my flight across, and I thought I might just share with you uh, some of my thought processes here and some of the things I'm looking at. So a bit more of a GA light aircraft section this week. 
So first thing that I'm uh, looking at will be the weather, of course. Now this is largely out of my hands, uh, but this will be a VFR flight. That means visual flight rules. That means I've got to conduct the flight such that I will remain clear of IFR conditions, um, remaining clear of cloud and navigating by way of ground features. I need to remain in sight of the ground at all times. Now that doesn't mean that I can't use GPS and uh, other ground-based radio facilities, VORs and whatnot, but primarily I need to be able to navigate by reference to the ground. So that means staying clear of cloud. Now the weather forecast at the moment for Saturday is looking not perfect but it's probably doable. Uh, looks like there might be some uh, low cloud bases uh, across most of the UK. Hopefully not too low to stop me making the flight. But this will all be almost entirely, in fact it will be entirely within Class G airspace and VFR in Class G airspace requires us to just remain clear of cloud. In other classes of airspace if you're on a VFR flight plan or a VFR flight you have to maintain certain distances from cloud so a thousand feet below and 1500 meters horizontally. <laughs> How you meant to judge a thousand meters I've absolutely no idea. But uh, there you go, that's what the rules say. But as long as I remain clear of cloud, then I will uh, remain within the, the rules of VFR flying for Class G airspace. Now, if you look at a, an aeronautical chart of the southern UK, it does look at first glance to be fairly complicated with a lot of airspace, particularly around London and the hubs of Luton and Stansted. However, heading from Cranfield, which is where I'll be departing from, out to the north northeast up towards the Norfolk area it's actually pretty clear there's not an awful lot of airspace to worry about uh, the base of controlled airspace the class A airspace uh, doesn't start until about sixteen and a half thousand feet so that's fine I'll probably be certainly below three thousand and perhaps a bit lower than that because of the cloud I'll need to remain below the cloud layer However, there is a little bit of airspace around Luton that I need to avoid, and Luton is quite close to Cranfield, it's just uh, to the south, and the Class D airspace that surrounds Luton does extend almost out towards Cranfield. Um, now, it shouldn't be a big issue because the base of the airspace out there, those northern extremities, doesn't actually start until 4,500 feet upwards, so I should be well below that anyway. But I might want to think about uh, talking to Luton Air Traffic Control and getting some sort of traffic service from them. We do have a facility for VFR flying where we can um, receive a kind of a pseudo service from them without actually talking to them. We can set a particular squawk on our transponder which the controllers at Luton or any given uh, air traffic unit will be able to see and it lets them know that although we're not talking to them we are listening to them on frequency so they so if they need to talk to us they can just call us up and say aircraft squawking this code at such a position uh, come and talk to me because I've got something to tell you so maybe that's what I'll do as I pass across the north of Luton now, as I say, there's not an awful lot of uh, things and obstacles to worry about between Cranfield and Seething, but there are a couple of little bits just to be aware of. So I'll probably be taking off from runway 21 on Saturday morning. It looks like there'll be westerly winds, so 21 at Cranfield will be the one to use, with a left turn heading out towards the east. And the first bit of airspace, almost right next to Cranfield, that I need to have a look at is uh, a danger area, 206. All the danger areas in the UK have got a code, Echo Golf, brackets Delta, then a number. Now, I'm using at the moment my little uh, iPad, my company iPad. Uh, I have just um, purchased something called Sky Demon, which is the 
European version of FlightAware or ForeFlight, one of these VFR flight planning tools. I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I hear it's extraordinarily good. But for the moment, I'm just using my Jeppesen application on my work iPad, which does have VFR features as well, which is quite good. So if I click on this Delta 206, which is just uh, to the, I think, the um, east side of Bedford, it tells me that this is the Cardington danger area. Now those of you who live in that part of the country will know this quite well. It's a very prominent land feature, these two great big absolutely huge hangars, which going back to the war they used to make airships there. Uh, and these days it's used for film sets, I know quite a lot of James Bond films have been made there. And also it's the home to the Airlander, this new uh, airship that they're building, it looks like a big arse. You've probably seen it in the in the press, in the aviation news. That's where it's based. Um, and I've seen it a few times driving past. So there is a danger area around there. It's only about a mile in diameter, but it extends up to 6,000 feet. So from the ground up to 6,000 feet. Uh, so I will need to avoid that. I'll just fly around it. It's not a particularly big area, but it is one just to bear in mind. So I'll probably just skip around to the north of that. And then immediately on the other side of that, we've got... Uh, Old Warden Airfield, which has an ATZ around it. That's an air traffic zone. Now, although it's still Class G airspace, most airfields do have an ATZ around them, and this is just a little bit of airspace in which they conduct their circuit um, flying and their local flying. Now, the size of the, the size and diameter of that ATZ depends upon the size of the runway. Now, I think off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, if the runway is 1,800 meters or more then the ATZ is two and a half miles in diameter. If it's less than 1800 meters runway length, then it's only two miles in diameter. But you should avoid the ATZ. Uh, or at the very least, if you're gonna cross through the ATZ, then you need to be talking to the local air traffic uh, service there, either the radio or the information guy who's based on the airfield. And that extends from the ground up to 2000 feet. So you can overfly at 2001 feet if you like, but probably best to be talking to them. And then also, just outside the old Warden ATZ, we have a gliding site. In fact, there's a number of gliding sites along this route. Uh, now, gliders is something that I, I want to pay attention to. What dangers do gliders pose? Well, they often don't have radios. Um, usually, they don't have transponders, and they're quite tricky to see. They'll be often be very slow moving, and they'll just be circling underneath the clouds. They're quite hard to spot. They're very small aircraft. But also, in the gliding site themselves, they're quite often launched by steel cable, like a almost like a. Um, a long bungee rope almost and these cables can extend 2,000 feet up into the air so the last thing you want to do is fly through one of those cables because uh, if it comes between a fight between my PA-28 and a steel cable I'm pretty sure the steel cable's going to win so I'll certainly be wanting to give gliding sites a fairly wide berth now, as I route across here to the uh, to the east northeast, I'll be clear of Luton. I might consider talking to Essex Radar, who are responsible for the Stansted arrivals and departures. Again, they might be able to provide me with a, a basic air traffic service if I wish to have one. Or the other option, I might talk to Cambridge Airfield. Now, that's a reasonably busy. Uh, radar equipped airfield en route and they'll be able to provide a, a decent service using their radar they can tell me about any other aircraft that are in the vicinity and the airfield itself I want to avoid as I will Duxford airfield which is just to the south of Cambridge again both of these airfields have ATZs around them which I'll need to fly over or around
And then the last major piece of airspace that I'm going to encounter on my route over to Seaving is something called a MATZ, an M-A-T-Z, which is a military air traffic zone. Now, as you'll probably have gathered, um, there are quite a few military airfields in this part of the world. We've got Marham, we've got Lakenheath, we've got Milden Hall, uh, we've got Watersham as well. There's quite a few, and they have an area around them as well as their ATZ, which most airfields have, they've also got this MATS zone, military air traffic. Now, a MATS is a slightly odd duck in the airspace world. It's Class G airspace, and as such, you don't need permission to fly through it. Now, a MATS zone is established around a military airfield as an area of airspace for the operations there to conduct their approaches and departures. But it's not controlled airspace. You don't need, technically, you don't need permission to fly through it. So you could fly right across this mat without talking to anyone. Now, whether that's a good idea or not is another question. Uh, I think it would probably be fairly poor airmanship to fly across the approach of any IFR airfield. You know, there might be aircraft conducting uh, ILS approaches, RNAV approaches, departures, etc. So it's probably a good idea if you are going to cross a MATS zone to be talking to the air traffic unit there. Uh, usually it's not a problem. You know, military uh, aerodromes are not particularly busy, especially on a weekend. They tend to have the weekends off. So, Lord knows what happens if we ever go to war on a Saturday. We're in big trouble. But passing through my route on Saturday will probably take me just to the south of the, the combined Milden Hall and Lakenheath mats. So I might just give them a courtesy call just to make sure they've got nothing going on. And then from there, it's a pretty straight run all the way to Seething. There's very little around there. As I say, the base of controlled airspace around there, I think, doesn't start till almost 20,000 feet. And there's almost zero chance of me going up to 20,000 feet in my little unpressurized, unoxygenated PA-28. So no danger of straying into controlled airspace there. Uh, the only other sort of major bit of airspace out that way is the Norwich Class D airspace. Norwich Airfield is a reasonably busy airfield and they've got their own block of Class D airspace around them. That's controlled airspace so they can control arrivals and departures into Norwich. So I might possibly give them a call and they can just update me on the traffic situation. Now hopefully uh, I'll actually be joining up with Captain Al and Armando in their aeroplanes. Uh, to do well something perhaps a little bit exciting I'll just keep it under my hat for the time being but perhaps we'll uh, perhaps we would have already talked about it on the podcast or maybe we're going to talk about it in a second but hopefully the weather and the cloud base is going to be sufficient to allow us to carry out our plan I'll say no more so I've got to say I'm really looking forward to this weekend at Seething I really hope the weather's good I really hope you guys turn out and I, I really hope there's an opportunity for us to um have a look around each other's aeroplanes, maybe even have a little fly. Uh, certainly eat some great food, courtesy of Matt, and uh, maybe even a few adult beverages. Anyway, that's it for this segment. I'll catch you all again another time. Fly safe. Tell you, tell you what, that pilot picked, chap, he's all right, isn't he? He does well. <laughs> and, despite all of that planning, he made it. <laughs> no, no. Family show. Uh, Myla's looking very embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to tell everyone, Myla. There's oh. no avoiding <laughs> You stopped off for a quickie, didn't you, in delayed proceedings? I wouldn't have oh. had a quickie. <laughs> well, all right, you're How's building it? up your part again now, okay, aren't you? Yeah, it's quite fam- a longie, to be honest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, family show, please. 
family show. Uh, okay. Was so, it any good? Right. Uh, we're going to talk uh, to <laughs> the people that uh, I'm ignoring. What's going I, on? I must uh, be honest. Marla has abort. been smiling the entire afternoon. Abort! Abort! Ladies and gentlemen, danger! Danger! Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Carlos, are you going to pay attention? Or, or I'm waiting for you. Right. You're, you're rambling on as usual. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> well, we're going to thank <laughs> Saucer of Milk, Table 5. We're going to thank, uh, obviously, we're going to thank Nev for his P- NEMPE uh, um, segment. So thanks for that, Nev. Yeah, it's great um, to talk to Glenn about his um, Oshkosh travels. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, one we need to try and get to uh, at some point in the next few years, at least. I'd thoroughly recommend it. Never mind the next few years. How about next year? <sighs> All right, Bill. Surname Gates. <laughs> Seems to be the way the wind's blowing, doesn't it? Oshkosh, it does, 2019, yeah, yeah. folks. And that very nice yeah. Captain Jeff said that he'd pay for us all to go. Oh, Did he? APG. Yeah. Obviously, you have that in writing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Honestly, the APG guys, so, so generous. Oh, so very generous. much so. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on, we are, we're going to wrap up the show, but, um, well, we have got a competition, but I don't know whether we're going to... Uh, we are going to be able to do the yeah. competition. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. So, we're going to do a little quick competition, yeah. then, uh, for everyone who's in the live YouTube chat room. I don't know if it's going to work on the YouTube chat room because of a certain delay, so I think we should just do okay. it amongst the people so that are for here. The, for, the, right. for the viewers who are here in the studio so audience. So what we've done is we've carefully here. selected a small number of the hundreds and hundreds of people that are turned <laughs> up here. So the people that you see here are just the ones that are in view of the camera. The thousands are behind yes, of course, you. They're yeah. behind the fence. They won't yeah, let absolutely. in. No, no, no. Absolutely. So we have a yeah. competition then. So Still basically, on, on the plus side, though, to be fair, it's a little bit more than just David than, than from our 100, <laughs> David and Sophie. So that's nice. And of course, Paul um, Paul Tricker was here as well, wasn't it? Was but he's he's working. Uh, no, it's a birthday party. I think birthday he's party. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Happy Sorry, birthday. I'm rambling. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. So what we have t- for you to look at then are ten aircraft or airline i should say tail fins of different airlines and uh, what's happened is they've been uh, transported through the USS Enterprise's transporter and been <laughs> scrambled. Right. And uh, basically you guys watching are out there have got to guess what airline these tail fins belong to and what airline they are. Come on. So the first one then Matt when you are ready. There we are. There we okay. Go. So that's okay, the first so one. All right, folks, who do we think that belongs to? Do I know that one? Is it Air Malta? What what do the panel think? (laughs) I don't know. Pip's looking confused. It's it's, it's a quiz. Pip just said Swiss. Right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Swiss. So, Swiss. Hang on, Barbara's (laughs) down on her hands and knees. I'm not quite sure what's happening. (laughs) Okay. Right. There's a T in that word. There is. Air Malta. Yes, you're right. Is she right? right. Is she right? Yes, okay. And the reveal? I'm not that clever. Right, okay. So, (laughs) Oh, you want me to be able to do it? Hang on, hang on. Talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Hang on. Oh. Sorry, I didn't realise you wanted to do the. Ev- oh, it's all, it's all so very uh, stressful. In the in the chat room, uh, <laughs> Owen obviously knew that one. Ivor knew that one. Neil Lamour knew that one. Yeah, that's right. If we spin it out long enough, the time yeah. delay won't be relevant. <laughs> yeah. So next one then, Matt, when you're ready. Are we doing the reveal or are we yeah, going to on, the number hang two? Hang on, hang oh. on. Sorry, I didn't quite know that. Sorry, I should have thought that's probably it's how you were going to do it. That's why I added both pictures. Well, that's how we rehearsed it. Yeah, I know, but you just sent me. They all came together, mate. It didn't pack it up into folders. Like you well, let's not me. complain about that. That's normally a good result. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, okay. Uh, let's try. Uh, right, so, okay, here we go. We can now do the reveal. There we are. That, 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 was, that was clearly worth it, wasn't it? And there uh, we go. 
Okay, very good. You've yeah. won the car. Okay? Right, excellent. <laughs> okay, Alrighty. number two. Right, okay, number two. ten of these, you reckon, yeah? So, moving yeah. on to Swiftly. number two. Here we go, then. So, okay. this is number two. All right. Who was that? Who was first? Qantas. We go with Qantas. And the reveal? Uh, oh, God. God. <laughs> <laughs> this is absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, the chat, the chat, uh, Liz Piper said Swiss. There we go. Okay. Uh, Swiss, right. Okay. Oh, Richard Adams, Qantas, Tony S. Well done. Okay. okay, right. You also win a car. <laughs> uh, okay. For the speedboat, here's number three. <laughs> there there we go. Special prize. Right, there we go. Next one. British Airlines. Now British then, and yeah. the reveal. I'm not bothering with the reveal anymore. It's far too yeah, much. Don't, don't do the reveal. We'll be here we, all day. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. we reasonably confident it's British? What are we saying yeah. that one is? Yeah, he knows what the answer is. Uh, let's. Uh, right. Ooh. Look at him with his soundboard <laughs> over there. What's going on? Okay. So it was indeed British. Airways. Richard Adams says Korean. Right. Okay. Very good. Uh, right. Right. Uh, it's too many buttons to press all at once. Whose idea was to do this? Here we go. Uh, right. Sorry. Uh, so it this sounded really simple in the rehearsal. It didn't did. It? Yeah. Rehearsal. What's that? Don't look okay. The there we pick. go. All right. Next one. Whoa. What's the next one? South African Airways. Oh, how did he get that? <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're... And, and is he right, folks? Dan? Right? <laughs> Very good. Very right. well done, okay. Dan. Even I got this one right in rehearsal. Here Are we ready, go. guys? Here we go. Ryanair, right yeah. Oh, there there we go. go. <laughs> Very good. Nice and easy. It was, oh. like, a, it was like a choir. It was. They all absolutely. said it together. Let's, let's see if we can stump them with the next one. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Here's the next one. Number six, this is. Four more to go. Don't worry, chat room. Aer Lingus. Not that fast. Do we think Aer Lingus? Yes, that would yes. be right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay, next one. Okay, number We're seven. We're building up now. <laughs> Are you an aircraft spotter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There we go. Uh, right, number yep, eight so then. Here we go. Dan Hannington, the absolute legend of yeah, tales. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Dan Hannington's not allowed to answer anymore okay. unless we get stuck. Dan's, okay. Dan's Dan is now banned. He's frozen out of this round. Uh, mm. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's it. That's that's everyone's. That's everyone stumped, isn't it? Yeah. Any, anybody got any ideas? No. If if we if nobody knows, then we will go to Dan. <laughs> Because he clearly knows the answer. We've got a different opinion on the bench. We've got Barbara with. Have you missed one, Matt? Same. No? Same. Singapore. Are you sure? Airlines. We're on number nine. Whoa. Are we? Okay. Did we yeah. do? Did we do that one of us last just now? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Keep up, Carlos. Right. Uh, so we're on number nine. So, uh, so any guesses? So, well, we, we've got a differing opinion on the bench. Uh, Go does, on, Did the right-hand bench have an I, opinion? I've not flown on that. It's <laughs> 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 not a quiz called Has Gemma flown on the Okay. It, it, it's looking at the world's airline, not just the ones you flown right. on. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. I All don't right. think they're personal photos. All right. Okay. Any other oh, different sorry. opinion? Right. Okay. Right. Anyone else? All right. So we've got either, either Lufthansa or Singapore Airlines. Ooh. Whoever got the Singapore Airlines? Wait. Singapore Airlines. It was. Right. Okay. Right, the last one. So finally, number ten. The hardest one of the lot. This Here is. Here we go. Wow or whiz, which is it to be? 
Oh, are you having a whiz or are you having a wow? I beg your pardon. How <laughs> <laughs> many show, ladies and gentlemen? Family and show. What are we saying here then, guys and girls? Well, let's, let's have a look uh, at the okay, chat room. Let's, let's do, have a look at the chat hands room. Up then. Hands up if you think it's whiz. Okay. Uh, everybody thinks it's whiz, basically. Hands up if you think it's wow. Someone said wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so chat room. We've got uh, Owen in the chat room says it's whiz. Ivor McDonald says he needs a whiz. Right. Tony okay. S has said whiz. Right, so. Getting a who, little nervous here, who, too. Uh, who, <laughs> hands up who said wow. Well, yeah. oh. Who thinks it's air to Uzbekistan? Air, air what? <laughs> right, hands up who said it was whiz. Yeah, that would be everyone here. Yes, okay. <laughs> right, very good. Well done. Okay. The audience don't really care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. They've Gemma's all... not flown on them, so she doesn't no, care. No, <laughs> indeed, absolutely. There we go. So that, well, that was lovely, wasn't it? Well, that, uh, that went <laughs> well, so, I think. Uh, so there are six cars and two speedboats. Right, okay. And they're and special that's, prize. And that's coming out of the Patreon no fund, is it? Right. No. Okay, no, but no a, a pitch competition every week that went through. <laughs> <laughs> Seamless, in fact, wasn't it? I can confirm that our main man, Micah, said uh, that was a great whiz. <laughs> he just had. Oh, wow. He just had. Okay. No, 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 it's whiz, not wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, all right, then. I'm going to ask Nev to just fade out the music for us so I that we can... Pleasure, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it is time. So we, we, it's time to start wrapping up, unfortunately, but uh, what we'd like to do, if that's all right, now we've got some lovely people who have very kindly flown in to join us here at the barbecue and uh, we want to know a little bit about the aircraft involved so seeing as he sat at the table here maybe we should start with the the legend that is sir pilot of pip and uh, so wh what have you flown over here into something bigger than a phenom you'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, pay for that yeah. and well, faster yeah, yeah i've flown in on clearly the, the prettiest and fastest of but all of the course. machines here yeah uh, certainly the greenest have you got the going green? The going green? No, go well, I was green. going green. No. I went green. Right. I came in with uh, Barbara, Myla. <laughs> in my PA28, my gorgeous Cherokee 150 um, underpowered, overworked steed over there. Can you see it on the uh, on the video? What a beauty she is. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there yeah we so are. we came yeah. across from Cranfield, a little under an hour flying time. Uh, it's more all very sort nice. of in fact, avocado colour than green, isn't it? Avocado would be a, a, an accurate uh, description, actually. So, yeah. have you got something going with fruit and veg by any chance? Because, I mean, you have a lemon on your daytime job, and now you've got an mm. avocado. <laughs> yeah, right. something okay. up with that, isn't yes. there? Yes. Uh, very nice. Barbara did a lot of the flying. Very good. Uh, she Ooh. was as well. Yeah. Very, nice. very good. Very nice. Yeah. Very good. This is what we like to hear. Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, the engine, what sort of engine is in it? Oh, it's a big pretty engine with uh, oil running on the bit. front and i'm sorry i was kind of hoping yeah. <laughs> no it's a, it's a lycoming 150 horsepower Ooh. i think gotta love a horse mm, 150 Indeed. horses excellent that's what we like to hear uh great now obviously uh uh the uh, the the legend of this uh, captain of al so you flew in today in a i flew in in a piper arrow four lovely uh did a sure. little detour yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did a little detour to uh, pick up Sir Nev and Lady Nev, and yeah. um, Lady Nev. Lady Ooh, Nev. I could, I could like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just managed to fit a quick bacon sandwich in, and then right. we uh, then we uh, flew over uh, via Ruffham, and uh, we arrived more or less on time. 
Don't look at me, Al. Because, you know, as we know in the aviation world, timing is everything. And, you know, professional aviators, we're, we're, you know, we're expected to arrive on time. Of course. Absolutely. Professional ones, yeah. of course. And absolutely. indeed at the right airfield. Because <laughs> where was I, the, I, I where, did consider invoking that if you're late... We won't wait. <laughs> or if you leave I your phone in a motorway that. service station, <laughs> we won't wait. Yes. Can I, can I just uh, add to that conversation? Uh, Myla left her iPhone in the service station, and it was still there when she got back. Yeah, that's um, slightly impressive. Had it been yeah. an Android-based phone, it would have definitely have been gone. Well, no, down the gone. toilet. No, absolutely yeah, absolutely. gone, never Flush. seen again. Never to be seen again. Yes. Anyway, indeed. moving on. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, the plan fell apart due to your late arrival at the wrong airfield, <laughs> didn't it, Pep? And the wrong service station. Yeah, did. <laughs> we didn't go to just one service station. We went to two. Well, I've told you about that. Twenty before. miles you apart. You do have a distancing order from service station car parks, don't you? <laughs> right. Okay, uh, that's uh, frightening. Okay, good. Uh, any any details about your lovely little Piper? Uh, yes, it's a November registered uh, Piper Arrow Four, uh, two hundred horsepower, fuel injected. Ooh. Um, fuel and, injected. Uh, yeah, we uh, we managed to uh, make it uh, on time to the uh, rendezvous right airfield there, to do some formation flying that Pip was due to be part of uh, that he failed to make. Right. Okay. And, yes. Anyway, uh, therefore, I uh, I hooked up with Armando, who. Uh, We'll go over here. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Hello. Back, back up. That's it. Sit. There we are. Look at that. See, he's, um, d he's who, done this um, before. In a non-sexual <laughs> yeah. yeah. non way, formated on me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Quite close, actually. Wow. Yeah. That's it. RPG rating has gone this week. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I just want to say for the record, he's a great flight lead. Right. <laughs> Squadron <Okay>. commander. <laughs> Indeed. So, Armando, your little... Uh, uh, chariot of choice. What, what, well, is, what are the details? What's well, bigger than Pips? So, hey! okay. uh, <laughs> no surprise there. The, the <laughs> uh, 180 horsepower. Um, none of these aircraft are tremendously thrilling, um, <laughs> but they're nice because hey, we get we got to fly in here. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I came by car. It's a bit <sighs> yawn. Yeah. yeah, it did only take us what about 12 minutes to get here. It like did. That? Yes. Wow. Really. Uh, so, so would you, you 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 rendezvoused at? Did you say Routham? Routham. Okay. Of Barry St Edmunds. Okay, and it only takes you twelve minutes. Yeah, how about that. Yeah, we, we I could have done from it in eight. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah, he slowed down for did me. Did so. he? Oh, that's yeah. nice of him. Now he really? did. He did demonstrate the. Oh, excuse me. The <laughs> massive me. speed yeah. of his uh, his arrow because he said, "Hey, you want to play catch up?" And uh, I think he only moved the throttle about an inch. And uh, left me in the dust. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, that game's Indeed. over. Let's, let's go back to Because you were pretty much... Uh, uh, oh, I was out. maxed out. Yeah. yeah. Maxed out. Yeah. Flat out. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So that's, that, that's just, I, I just... I can't get over that. 12 minutes from very... There was a pretty healthy tailwind coming across here. Which so how, right. how long does it okay. take by, by road, then? Um, honestly... Yeah, it depends a little bit on who's driving, I think, as well. Because if I'm driving, it takes an awful lot longer than if anyone else is driving. Um, yeah, so it's, oh, it's, it's, it's like 40 minutes. Yeah, 40, at least. 40, that, 45 yeah. minutes, I would say. I'm just going to go into the chat room quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, in the chat room, obviously, because we're talking about who got here first. Yeah. Uh, Al... Uh, Owen has said that Al gets the fanfare for the on-time arrival. Ah, yes. Now we can't. <laughs> obviously, we cannot afford the Ryanair no, no, fa uh, fanfare, no, 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 which no, no, is no. obviously famous throughout yeah, the world. Yeah. But actually, we've if, got a fanfare. Excuse me. Actually, if we're going to talk about first arrivals, 
Oh, no, that's the wrong oh, one. Right. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, actually, if we're going to talk about arrivals, mate, then the first person to arrive was Ruben over here. Now, you, cause you yes. arrived just after 11, didn't you, if my memory serves? Yeah, I wanted to make sure I was first so I didn't have an audience for my landing. <laughs> <laughs> I am a bit disappointed that Al didn't mention that Pip landed twice. <laughs> oh. oh! I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> And we have both of them on video. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm oh. looking at Barbara. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for her to own up. Oh, oh dear. Oh, wow. Double the landing fees as well. I'm just getting my money's worth. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all that. Is that yeah, it's why you went all the way down to the end as well? That's it. Move on. <laughs> I've paid for those 700 metres. Yeah. I'm going to use bloody one of all of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so, Ruben, obviously, your, your little craft. So tell us the details about what you flew in today. Yeah, so unfortunately, we do have a collection of Pipers here. So no, that's, a, that's not unfortunate another, at all. It's a Piper Arrow 3. Um, Lovely. Uh, came in from Thurrock, so not exactly a long flight, about uh, 40 minutes. Lovely. From Thurrock, 40 minutes... I'm clearly. I need to. I, I need to like forty minutes really, all the way from Thurrock. Now that would take me an hour and a half, probably, nearly two hours. I would say by by road to get. Yeah, well, just there. to put it into sort of perspective, I and mean, I started off this morning in Liverpool, and I did look to see how long it would take me if I came straight here, yeah. and that was one hour and fifteen minutes. Oh goodness, that's really. Yeah. It's just when you put it when you put it into sort of numbers like that, it's really quite. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I did the I... um, did the varies go already? I... Oh, he's in the hangar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, long easy. No, that was yeah. that. I think wins the uh, the prize for the coolest aircraft cool. to yeah, arrive today. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we did a a, an interview conference. with uh, Dan, and we did, yeah. uh, we're going to feature that on a upcoming show. He told us yeah. told us all about the aircraft. Indeed. So it's, uh, mm. Really good. Yeah. Now, I have yeah. to say that. that Ruben's aeroplane certainly has the, the smartest paint scheme and yeah. it has the leather and I know that we all like a little bit of leather from time to time. Uh, well indeed, <laughs> indeed. So uh, the, the, the engine spec on, on yours Ruben, what is it? Oh it's the uh, same, another 200. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, these planes, I mean they're not uh, special, they're not uh, necessarily thrilling but they do get around so that yeah. one went to Poland last year and should be going down to Croatia next weekend. Wow, Ooh. how cool is that? That is, I just, I, I, yeah, I, I, I need to get into this flying lot, don't I really? And here for Dr. Steph is uh, a Cirrus just coming towards us. Oh, is that? Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Hang on. That's what uh, the there good doctor go. flies. Hang on. Here we go. There we our go. Our cameraman, Armando. Yeah, is Armando's on, on the camera. Is, okay. is it Steph come to surprise us? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, is it an N-registered one? It could be Dr. Steph. You never know. Ooh. Right. Okay. I doubt that somehow. That's a bit of, I think even by her standards, that's a bit of a flight. There we go. Just, just for you, Steph. I know yeah. you're, what you're watching. Steph is watching in the uh, YouTube uh, chat room, so there, there we go. We go. Especially for you, Steph. Just taxiing in in front of us here. Oh, she's watching. Shall I drop my pants? No, no, no. 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 Family show. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad we had this chat. Actually, uh, I forgot to put a belt on this morning, right. so <laughs> I'm struggling a bit. Anything could happen. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, you've got to love some aviation noises. There we there go. We go. SR22, look. Wonderful. Okay, so uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is where we need to wrap, wrap things up. up. Yeah, because uh, we need to be out of here by six, and we have a lot of packing up to do. We do. So, <laughs> so we're going to say a massive thanks to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube yeah. chat room today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and watching the show. Uh, it's been great up here. We're going to say before we finish, we're going to say a massive thanks to everyone here at Seething Airfield yeah. here in Norfolk for allowing us to be here and do the show from Seething. It's been a fantastic day here. So massive thanks to everyone at Seething 
and also to uh, Dan as well for sorting us, uh, sorting all that here for us as well today. Absolutely. So big uh, thanks actually, to everyone. Wh wh while you're mentioning it, actually, they've asked us to say that on Friday the 24th of August, if you are here in the area, they're actually showing Top Gun, would you believe, <gasps> on a big outdoor cinema screen, which is really quite cool. Yeah. So it's by Seeding Airfield, invite you to join us for a unique open air cinema experience. Enjoy this classic film, Top Gun, like never before. That is Friday the 24th of August, 2018. Ticket price is £10 for adults, uh, unaccompanied, uh, sorry, accompanied accompanied children uh, and uh, under 16 are free the, the ticket price includes a booking fee and car parking please bring your own chairs and blankets no barbecues permitted there'll be food and drinks on sale on site the gates open Ooh. from 7 and the movie starts at 8.30 in the evening so yes if you want to come and see Top Gun in the open air actually if you get a nice day that would be really awesome, quite yeah. cool yeah. actually to be fair and uh, obviously I have recently seen Top Gun so um, maybe oh, I should in 3D uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll gloss over that in 3D yeah. yeah in 3D yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, uh, so that's it. But uh, no, that that is where we're going to have to bring the show to a close. Well, just uh, uh, audience, please give us a quick wave. Very Hello. good. Well done. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Carlos, wrap up, please. Yep, that is where we bring episode number 232 a close. So thanks to all our guest hosts and hosts who have joined us today. Thanks, everyone. You've been awesome. Thanks very much. I'd like to thank my wife for allowing me to come out yet again. <laughs> three air shows in three weeks, and then I said, oh, do you mind if I just disappear for a barbecue? I'll be back in a couple of days. Oh. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. So big thanks to Captain Al's wife. Yeah, yes. indeed. And uh, that is it then, guys. So don't forget to join us again next week for episode 231 where we will have more footage I think uh, we've we'll got some more footage to play from Farnborough haven't we Nev uh, to play out and obviously we'll be playing the footage from today the interviews we've taken today which have been really good they're going to be coming in future shows as well so that's it then guys from me Carlos it's a massive goodbye here from Seething Airfield in Norfolk bye everyone bye bye, bye. goodbyes bye.